Yes. Can we just celebrate that? I love all of those statistics that Joy just shared with us. Hey, listen, if you're a guest today, you're getting ready to witness a move of God in this place. All of our students and kids, we've been saying this is 100%, our primary goal, 100% of our church family is called to do this. And we've been watching our kids model that. Our students have their commitment night this evening. We're going to get to witness that from them as well. I'm so excited to see what God is doing in them and through them. This generation gets it. They're leading the way with generosity, and I'm so excited that we get to have a front row seat to that. Listen, I want to jump right in. The title of today's message is The New Life, which is what we've been talking about for the last five weeks. I see people moving right now to grab your vision guide to take notes. Great. Keep reaching for that. I want you to write some things down. The New Life today we're talking about is the Abundant Life. I love that word, abundant. I want abundance in my life. I bet you do as well. It's easy to go to the obvious things that you'd like abundance in. Since it's Thanksgiving week, though, could we just talk about some turkey? I'm looking for abundance in turkey. As long as it's a fried turkey, I'll fight you if you say different. That's exactly what I'm looking for is a fried turkey. We're going to do a couple of those this Thanksgiving. Pumpkin pie, I want abundance in pumpkin pie. Today we're talking about life. Jesus talks about this kind of life. I love the old-timey translation of John 10.10. 10. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Abundant life, that's what we're aiming for today and every day. I've said this several times through this series. I double down on it right now that my eternal life began the moment I asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior of my life. There's a blurry line between this life and the life to come. I want abundant life not just then, but could we taste that today as well? I've shared this quote already, but I want to push it out again, the Randy Alcorn quote. He says, you can't take it with you. He's speaking specifically of money. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. That's exactly what we're getting ready to do here in just a few minutes as a church family. We're going to take some resources that God has blessed us with, and we're going to send them ahead. The new life is the abundant life. Here's my outline today. This is what we're aiming for. First of all, I want to teach a little. If you have not yet done this, please go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9, we've been through these five weeks, been studying through exegetical style chapters 8 and 9, this longest continuing teaching in the Bible on the topic of generosity, new life, by doing this. We're going to spend our time today, wrap up chapter 9, go there now. I want to teach a little. Then I want to tell a little story. It's a personal story. God has been doing something in my heart, in Dawn's heart, our family's heart, over the last few weeks. I can't wait to share that story with you. Then, I can't wait for all of us to live a big story. That's how we're going to wrap up this time together today. We're going to live a big story, and it's going to happen. Joy alluded to it right over there. Gear up. Get ready. Begin to prepare your heart for that moment. 
I've got three big ideas I want to share with you today that come straight out of the text. If you're taking notes in that vision guide, write these down. Today, this is all action-oriented, we commit. For the next two years, we are committing to double down on generosity for God in us and through us. We're going to do this here in a few minutes. Today, we commit with joy. We talked about this last week. If you have not, if you weren't here last week and you didn't watch the message, please go back and watch it. We teased out the first half of chapter 9, 2 Corinthians. If I could just remind you of what we talked about last week. We said that true cheerful giving means some things. First of all, it literally means we give at the ready. Let's put that up on the screen. This is what cheerful giving means. It means that we give at the ready. This is why we've been spending five weeks prepping, preparing for this moment we're getting ready to lean into. We give at the ready. The whole first part of chapter 9 is setting that up. Specifically, verse 7 talks about this. It says this, each person should give what they've decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. And last week we looked at that Greek word, hilaros. It literally means give at the ready. Are you ready? Get ready. True cheerful giving means there in the first chunk of chapter 9 that we embrace the risk of sowing and reaping. If you recall, I spent some time out of verse 6 talking and comparing and contrasting between a planter and a combine. Again, if you weren't here for the message, go back and check that out. This is the text. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Listen, if I were a health and wealth gospel preacher, I'd be tempted to rip that out of context. Talk about blessings that God's going to give you. I'm not that guy. But it is interesting that it's there. There's a relationship between sowing and reaping. True, cheerful giving means not just that I give at the ready and that I embrace the risk of planting and harvesting, but number three, I believe in God's provision. I believe that God is faithful, that he who said he's begun a good work in me, he's faithful to see it to completion, and I trust him. That's a big part of this, trust Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Last Monday night, our small group sat in my living room, and what happens in small groups stays in small groups, so I'm not telling any specific stories. But let me just say this. Tuesday morning, I walked back into the church building here, and the first person I saw asked me, how was your day yesterday? How was your birthday? Monday happened to be my birthday. What was your favorite part of your day? Without blinking, it was my small group on Monday night. We have a wide range of folks in our group, people who've been walking with Jesus for a long time to people who are brand new to faith. We've gotten to baptize them recently, and oh my goodness, as I listen to story after story of this, I love that. It's the best part of my birthday on Monday. I keep hearing those stories from some of you all as well. God is doing a cool thing in us so that he can do a cool thing through us. Well, let's keep going, shall we? Today we commit. Let's dive into the rest of this text. Today we commit not just with joy, but today we commit as vehicles of God's grace. Vehicles. Look at the next verse. 
will you? Verse 10. Now he, God, God who supplies seed to the sower, he's got you. He's got you. And bread for food will also supply and, oh, this is interesting, increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. This principle is all through Scripture. Jesus teaches on this parable of the talents. He who is entrusted with little, God will entrust with more. This is such a big deal in Scripture. Today, as we commit, we do so, what did I say, as vehicles of God's grace. What's a vehicle? Well, it's simply a method to get here. And let me ask you this question. As you deliver God's grace to others, what generosity horsepower do you bring to the equation? That's a great question to wrestle through. I want more horsepower in my life toward that end. Our family visited the Henry Ford Museum this past summer, brief trip up to Detroit. I saw there the Model A on display. You know how many horsepower Henry Ford cranked out of that thing? 40. 40 horsepower. Some of you own lawnmowers that do more than that. Contrast that. I had a little argument with my boys this past week. I was asking them, uh, what's the production vehicle with the most horsepower on the market today? There were different ideas. We ended up Googling it. This is what it is. The Lotus, Lotus Aviha. That, about 100 years later, looks different than that, right? 40 horsepower. This sucker, 503 horsepower to each wheel. It has four electric motors powering each of those four wheels for a grand total of, what is it, 2,011 horsepower. I want this over that. What generosity horsepower are you bringing to the equation? Well, what do we see here in the verses? Look with me, shall we? There are some vehicles of God's grace that Paul is telling the Corinthian church, bring this to the equation. More horsepower. Your giving is producing, this is how he put it, a harvest of righteousness. Some of you are sick of me saying this phrase, I've lived my whole life farm adjacent. It's true. By the way, I'm still farm adjacent. Check it out. It's right there in the verse. Did you read that where it said something about a harvest of righteousness? That's farming language. As your pastor, my job is to follow God and to remind you that he is Lord of the harvest. I've had some incredible moments in my ministry career where I've been reminded he's Lord of the harvest. I'll never forget one of the first experiences. I cut my teeth in ministry in Vegas, and I got to be a part of a mass baptism where people were faithfully responding to God. Ninety-eight people were baptized that day. I got to do half of them. My arm was sore for a week. I was hooked for life. I loved that moment. I got to be a part of one of those moments not long ago at a different church where we had 385 people baptized into Christ over a weekend. I called Dawn in the middle of the Saturday night service and said, go to Goodwill, buy every dark-colored T-shirt you can find because, you know, we're going to run out of the, the supplies that I prepared for. How cool is that? The next morning, I get to the church building, and it smelled, the whole building smelled like Goodwill. My favorite moment in that experience was watching somebody be baptized into Christ. His T-shirt made it past the censor. 
It was a Jameson whiskey t-shirt, and it still had the Goodwill tag on it. I kept that t-shirt. I loved that moment, what God was doing, putting on display there. By the way, I believe that today is one of those days. I believe that God is going to witness the discipleship of radical generosity on display today. We're vehicles of God's grace, producing a harvest of righteousness. The text also says, abounding in the many expressions of thanks to God. As you give to God, other people give thanks. Here's the text. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Listen, the purpose, the purpose of our provision, the purpose of God taking care of us is to be generous on every occasion. Every occasion. Today is one of those days. Today we commit with joy. Today we commit as vehicles of God's grace. And can I just say this? Today we commit because it matters. It matters. What we do today, it matters. Let's read verse 12. Check this out. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the service by which you have proved yourselves. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ as you do this. Others are going to praise God and say thank you and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. What we do today, it matters. By the way, generosity doesn't just pay for ministry. Hear me. It is ministry. Generosity doesn't just pay for ministry. It is ministry. Because of the faith that you show today, there will be an individual without hope who will wander into our expanded food pantry, and she's going to find hope and healing. Because of the faith that you show today, there's going to be a, a new young family that's going to make meaningful friendships in our renovated outdoor space, and a spiritual conversation with a friend in that green space will break the bonds of apathy and complacency in their lives. Because of the faith that you show today, a young adult with special needs, the same as you, is going to feel loved and valued and prepared for life. Because of the faith that you show today, there's going to be a teen that's going to step into a future with lower debt. We're not going to hobble them in the future with our debt. And we'll honor them today with some better environments to meet Jesus and some better environments to invite their friends to meet with Jesus as well. Because of your faith today, there's going to be an elderly gentleman in Honduras with macular degeneration or cataracts or whatever it is that he's ailing. And he's going to walk in and he's going to find healing and he's going to find faith because of your faith today. By the way, this has been a confusing point for some people. This $7 million goal we're aiming at, what we already give to missions is already baked in there. Things like a hospital in Honduras, that's above and beyond. We're hoping to bless the socks off of somebody down there, even above and beyond. Because of your faith today that you show today, your one is going to step into a more inviting environment here in our church building. Because of your faith today, your family will grow. Your family. I believe that to the core of my being. Let's read the rest of this passage. 
And in your prayers, their prayers rather, for you, their hearts will go out to you. Because of the surpassing grace God has given you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Can I say it this way? The why, the why behind your gift is important. So my encouragement to you would be this. Share it. The why behind our giving is important, and it's important that we share this with everyone else for the glorification of God. So, if you'll indulge me, your pastor wants to risk just a little bit. I've got this internal struggle. I've, well, it's a healthy tension. Actually, I've grown up with this whole, Jesus talks about this, your left hand shouldn't know what your right hand is doing. Be careful not to overshare But God has shown up in our household over the last couple of weeks in a powerful way, and I want you to be inspired by it because it's inspired me. It's caused my heart to do this. I've released some stuff so I can take hold of that life that is truly life. We talked about that week one. I've been on a journey these five weeks just like you've been on a journey. Two disclaimers before I tell my story. This has been an emotional week for me. So um, if I get a little emotional, will you please indulge me? Second disclaimer. I want to put this on the screen because I don't want anybody to miss this point. We do not give to get. We don't give to get. Some of us in this space, I bet, have some spiritual baggage in that area. You grew up underneath a spiritual teacher that says, you got to give, and then God's going to bless you, and there's some kind of a reciprocal relationship there. You have to give to get. Listen, if that's you, if somebody has piled some of that baggage on you, I'd love to take them to the spiritual woodshed. I don't like that. I disagree with that philosophy. We do not give to get, but sometimes God shows up when we do this. We don't give to get, but blessings do sometimes follow sacrifice. I've been meditating on this a lot over the last several days. The heart, 100% engagement is our primary goal. This is what we've been aiming at, that 100% of us would release, let go of some stuff, so that we can take hold of that life that is truly life. The heart is a muscle. We don't often think about it that way, but the heart is a powerful muscle. And like any muscle, if you work out, you know that there's such a thing as muscle memory. The heart has muscle memory. This is why we take five weeks and we lean into this, because so much of this giving, generosity, Oh, the heart is impacted by this. The heart is involved in this, and we have these knee-jerk reactions. If you'll indulge me, I want to, I want to, I want to tell you my story. I shared a little bit of it last Sunday. We had an advanced commitment night a week ago Thursday. Wednesday night, Dawn and I took the commitment card, and we sat down in the kitchen, and we talked it through, and we came up with our number. It was a sacrificial gift. We were sacrificing to make that pledge. I felt peace that night. Woke up the next morning feeling peace. Thank you, Jesus. 
Then I got a call from the mechanic. I told you this last week. And I felt my heart fear do that. The good work of releasing that happened on Thursday. So Thursday night I felt peace with our giving. Last Monday night, I told you, was my birthday and had this incredible conversation with our small group. That night after everybody left on, my sweet wife looks at me and she says, hey, we've got money set aside for a new vehicle for me. We tend to drive the wheels off of our cars. My truck is the one in the parking lot that the cab corners are rusting out on. Her van, oh boy, it needs some things. We tend to save up to buy our vehicles and we've got some money, but the market for buying a car has been... You know, not great recently. I felt muscle memory. I'm a planner. I'm a saver. As she said, hey, that pile of money for a car, would maybe that some of that, does that go to new life? And I bypassed my heart in that moment. I, I just went straight to my head and all the reasons why, oh, no, babe, you need a car. Oh, no, no, no. Control. Control, that's what that muscle memory was about in my heart. But we did some good work, and I went to bed that night feeling, oh, we're not done in this new life journey. There's still some work, some growth that's happening in our hearts as we gear up for Sunday. God, wherever you lead, we'll follow. Tuesday. You need to know that the Killebrew household has been looking for a different home for four years. Why? We have a special, a child, a, a son, adult with special needs that um, we need some different space for him. I, I struggle with that word need. I grew up, I was that kid that got in trouble for saying need when what I really meant was want. This is a need for our emotional health. This is a need. We needed some space that had an exterior entrance and exit and efficiency apartment strategy, kind of like a mother-in-law quarters. And I don't know if you know this, but the last four years of housing market has been crazy stupid and interest rates and all of that. And we've discovered, oh my goodness, we've lived in our house for 15 years and it's doubled in value. Those of you who've lived in here that long, you know about that. But say it, every other house has done the same thing during that era. And it's like, wow, how are we going to get out of this and get into this? And then we, we, it's kind of been a, well, if we sell our house, then we're going to have to spend this amount to get into the house that we really need for our family. We've been looking for four years. Tuesday, I saw a house. Drove past it on the way home. I didn't even tell Dawn about it because I was worried. This is going to be a distraction. My prayer actually was this week of all weeks, God, if this is a distraction from Satan, make it go away. I need to be focused on what's happening. But, but if this is your favor... I'm listening, and you know what we've been feeling about this. You know what we've been wrestling through here. I, I hesitate. I, I, I don't want to hope, but, oh, God, is this something that you'd be giving us? Okay. There's a whole lot of details to this I'm leaving out for the sake of time. A whole bunch of details in this that felt like a God wink, if you know what I mean. We ended up making an offer on Thursday for this house. By the way, the accepted offer is 
well, what we offered is lower than their list price. We heard later there were several offers, and they chose us lower than what they were asking. By the way, what they were asking is lower than what we think we can sell our house for. Now, we're going to be invested with some serious sweat equity, but hey, we're up for that. Yay, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for... Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for reminding me that I am a loved child of God. Now, there were several points along the way where this happened, including Thursday morning. Your pastor is a bit of a horse trader in the middle of all of that, wheeling and dealing. I literally had this thought, yeah, we're, we're offering it for this, but oh, I wonder if we could steal it. I wonder if there's a way to get a little bit more out of this deal in my heart. Just good old-fashioned greed in the middle of being a, given a gift by my God. My heart. Greed. I don't know where you're at today. I just wonder if some of you, 100% engagement, this is what we're aiming for. If some of you can relate to my story. Last week, a week and a half ago, fear. Maybe some of you can relate to my story, control. Maybe some of you, it's just good old-fashioned greed. The Bible talks about this. Sometimes you have to shock your heart. Mm. If your heart is a muscle and it has muscle memory, sometimes you have to shock it back to a healthy rhythm. Proverbs chapter 3 puts it this way, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He'll make your paths straight. Listen, God has truly been doing a work in me, and I can't wait for him to do a thing through me as well. I want to be an open vessel for him to pour his generosity through to fuel kingdom expansion. I know God has been doing this in other folks' hearts as well. We had a gathering about a week ago, some leaders went first. I want you to hear their stories of what God has been doing in their hearts. Check this out. Tonight, Lord, I just pray that all the stories we tell will bring honor to you. That all the thoughts we have as we look at how we can move venture forward will be honoring to you, Lord. God, how are you going to use us? What are you going to do in us so you can do something through us? What is our new life-giving commitment? I'm inviting the leaders, all of you who are here tonight, to join me in this mission. We can declare before the Lord and before our church family what we've committed to give and that God would be pleased and that others would be inspired by what that giving, what it represents for us. We are all joining together as one to give sacrificially. Not only are we committing to fund initiatives to expand God's kingdom work, but just as importantly, to see God do a work in us personally 
as we learn to trust him to supply all our needs. For my wife and I, this uh, commitment is all about prioritizing our time and our finances and providing a, uh, an impact and an influence into uh, the future of our, and our children uh, here at Venture. I mean, I think for us, it really is deciding and intentionally being sacrificial with our money for probably the, really the first time in our marriage. Discovering where God would have me to go, how he would have me to use resources he's blessed me with to further his kingdom. Be sure to always give what he's given to us back to him first. God's all in for me. I should be there all in for him. Gearing up to live with more palms open do more for the community, honoring our church's past, but also looking toward the future to keep it going for the next generation. It's not necessarily going to be easy, but it's definitely going to be worth it. Yes, this moment right here, that's what we're aiming for. By the way, that story I just told you, God's favor, at least I believe in the last, you'll never convince me that that house is not a gift from God. I praise God for that opportunity. It's not done yet, but where I, oh my goodness, he's doing something in my heart through that process. And I truly believe for years this story has been going. It began with a moment of surrender. Those of you who are at Advanced Commitment Night, I want to remind you, you're, well, we go first. Leaders lead. So I'm going to invite you to participate in this moment as well. I'm going to invite all of us. Would you join with Dawn and me in doing more of this today? So grab that commitment card. Maybe it was sitting on the seat. Maybe you brought one in with you today. Would you simply pull it out and place it in your hand? And as you look at this card, I want to remind you, I want you to, you to remember a couple of things. You heard me say it just a bit ago. Let me say it again. What we do today, it matters. It matters not only for us as individuals as we take huge steps of faith, and we commit to generosity like never before, but it also matters in changing the eternities of people in this country and far beyond, reaching them with the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we do today matters. I also need to point out that this commitment, it's your total giving to venture over the next two years. I've been fighting some confusion on that point through the whole New Life series. Listen, if you're somebody who's already currently giving, then you include that number. You include your two-year regular giving in your number plus your expanded giving and your stored resources, and that's the total of your giving, not just the extra. For some of you. For some of you, this is the first time you'll ever be committing to give to Venture. I'm so excited for you. Truly, this is incredible. I'm so happy for you. And God is smiling upon us today. I know he is. For others today, you're choosing to give in a way 
that you never, ever have before. Don and I are with you on that. We're stepping out with the largest step of faith we've ever made, and I know and I believe that there are others of you. You today, you're doing the same. So would you join us? For some of you, that might mean a significant five, six, I don't know, even seven-figure gift that you never thought was possible. And I want to challenge you to do that. For you, that's what true generosity, embracing new life will look for you. It seems scary, it seems impossible, but I want to challenge you to do it. Don and I are right alongside of you in this. And I know I've mentioned this before, but please know that on this card, you don't have to fill out all the blanks. We can put it up on the screen there. The top line is uh, what you would typically give in a year's time. The second line is, you know, my expanded giving during this new life generosity season. This is what it's going to look like. You're going to multiply that figure by two years because it's a two-year giving initiative. And then there's a spot to add from your stored resources. Some of us, we hold on to accounts. And we know God has been nudging us. There's faithfulness there. There's generosity opportunity there. That's just a one-time gift, so that does not get any multiplication. But the, the number there in the middle, that's really the important number. It's a worksheet there for you if you need it. The band is going to play. And we're going to give you some time to prepare your card. Now, for some of you, you might already have your card filled out. And if that's you, take this time, if that's your final number, and dedicate it to the Lord. Pray over it. Ask God to give you the faith to fulfill it in the next couple of years. Take that surrendered heart, possibly a scared heart, like many of us, muscle memory, a devoted heart, and offer it up to God. He sees your heart of integrity as you make your commitment. There are others of you, and you know that what you're going to commit, but you just haven't written it down yet. Maybe you're nervous to write it down. Maybe writing it down makes it seem more real. I want to encourage you to lean into God right now. Ask him for courage and prepare that card boldly and confidently. Know that God is with you and he's for you. There might be others of us. You might be in between a safe choice and a courageous choice. In fact, this is quite a common scenario among households. Dawn and I have experienced this many times before. I just told you a story where Dawn was leading out in generosity even this past Monday. My heart was doing this while her heart was doing this. You've discussed a number that you could do, and that fits in your spreadsheet, maybe would even be considered sacrificial. It's larger than anything you've done before, but in your heart of hearts, you know it's not the number God is calling you to. There's no possible way I could know what your story is, but rest assured, God does. He'll give you the faith to fulfill what he's calling you to commit. So I'm going to invite you to take this time right now to pray, to write. Feel free to talk quietly with your spouse if you're here with them, if you have a spouse. Talk with God. I want you to stay seated. And in a minute, 
I'm going to come back up and let us know what we're going to do next. But please, right now, stay seated. Take this time to pray and to prepare your heart. I don't want to step on your prayer time with God. If he's nudging you, if he's whispering in your ear, listen. Listen to him. As I said earlier, that's, that's been what's been going on inside my heart over the last several weeks. Even this past week, oh, God, we're not done yet. What we committed Thursday night at Advanced Commitment Night, there's expanded opportunity for generosity here. And we've doubled down on that. We've listened to God, and we want to follow through with that. Here in a moment, we're going to all come forward and make our commitment. That's going to happen right over here. The Old Testament talks about an altar. And it talks about a moment of consecration. That's what just happened. We just spent time consecrating our hearts before God. We're going to come up to the altar, if you will, that we've constructed this weekend. It's kind of a two-step process, if you want to think it that way. This has never really been about the money. It's been about this. So we would invite you to take your commitment card, release it, let it go. There's three boxes here. You could choose one of those and simply drop it in there. And then you're going to step up, and in a moment of surrender, in a moment of heart consecration, I'm going to invite you to step up to the altar space. It's the New Life logo. And we have some folks over here that will lead you through that process and help you if you have questions. But you're going to take a Sharpie marker and you're going to write whatever you're comfortable with. Maybe it's your name. Maybe it's your initials. But a moment of just kind of before God, this is my solemn promise. Take that as a moment, a spiritual action step. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to make it happen. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes with me? Actually, would you stand up with me? Stand up with me and let's pray. God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for what you're doing, moments of surrender in hearts all across this room. God, we thank you for what you're doing in us. And we praise you in advance for what you will do through us. And we commit this moment right now to you as an act of worship. And it's in your name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Venture, let's do this. Let's declare as we're stepping into this new life, let's bring our commitments forward. As we worship together, let's do that right now.